Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenwell, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manawi, Chris Adams, Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Heike. I'm your Game Master, and this is Episode 21. Our recap will be done by Brian as his character, Dr. Jonathan Liege. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Brian? Okay, guys, uh, before we head off to the to the museum, I'm going to fax uh, an update. All right. So leads for the murder investigation. Got those. Sean Monk, redheaded lady. Roth Mershom incident leads, missing security guard, missing vials, um, books stolen from the library. That's could be related. Anyway, all right. So we split in up. We split up into groups, into the respective to look into the respective leads. Um, Dr. Evans and myself went to talk with the murderer witness, uh, Sean Monk. Unfortunately, the conversation didn't give us any new information, just a slightly better description of the garb and the medallion worn by the suspects. For the most part, it just supported the information that we had gathered from the police. He also drives a orange Fiat and lives on a thousand subscriber lane. Upon visiting the Thomas Fisher Rare Book Library, Dr. Mills gleaned a little more information by impersonating an insurance official. As reported, more or less by the news, only one book was found missing, a volume bound in reputedly exotic leather called the Nautic Manuscripts. So far, most of the clues point towards it being obtained by a collector, aside from the lack of any prior attempts to purchase the volume. Dr. Carlisle and Dr. Flores had the unscrupulous task of stalking our red-headed friend on presumably a shopping trip. For all the stealth and subterfuge displayed by the pair, they only managed to flatten a tire and break into our apartment. Aside from revealing a marijuana-scented den of squalor, not much else was gleaned from this action. I am impressed by Dr. Flores' apparent skill with lockpicks, though. After coming up shorthanded, we, were, we convened at the university library, looking for references to a stolen book, the, uh, also the Chocho People, and other possibly connected literature. After a long day with most of our leads turning up nothing substantial, we decided to take a long shot and look at a reputedly disturbing statue at the local museum's Frauds, Fakes, Forgeries, and Fictions exhibitation. I'm hoping that this Torngek Rangdagak turns out to be a fake as advertised and not, a, and not a statue of another anomalous organism. Let's see. Send that to Full Wilderness. And Claire at the lab. Ugh, these things are horrible. Excellent. All right. So How did the police station have better coffee? So the, the museum's getting ready to close soon. What would you like to do? Uh, I was wanting to, uh, go look at the, the Bibles. Was anyone else wanting to go? Yeah, I'm curious about that. Well, we should, uh, get the, the test tube. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got gloves in my uh, jacket pocket. Yeah, I'll scoop it up with one and put it in another so we can try to get a sample of mother's milk if we're lucky. So I'm going to walk up from my conversation with the uh, curator okay. at about this time and ask what, what was up. Uh, the, the thing in there I think is too weird and disturbing to actually be a fake. So I wonder how that determination was made and I want to find out more about how the museum acquired it. Um, I also want to see if there are any uh, interesting written materials in the frauds exhibit and then check out the Bibles. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've got a we've got what looks like a broken test tube here on the ground that I picked up subtly. So we're going to look at that later. A what now? Broken test tube on the floor by the weird thing. Mm. If you want, I, I I stuck the biggest shard in this glove. If you want to have a look or sniff, is there pink residue? It may be, maybe very little bit of it. Yeah, I don't want to touch it and contaminate it. If it's, it looks like it might be a little tarry, but right, right. I'm hoping. So, if the statue isn't a fake, what did it? What did it look like? Did it look similar to uh, some other animals we've dealt with? Uh, no. Like nothing on this planet. Hmm. Well, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence either. Hopefully, the. Uh, the test tube wasn't used on the statue and hopefully hopefully it's just a statue but Tom, we might, oh, might want to back away the statue didn't look anything like our alien visitor from the cave did it no okay sorry for hey. interrupting you it does uh does the does the plaque accompanying it did it say what kind of stone it was carved from uh it didn't yeah, it would give you more confidence, Dr. Liege, if it said it was granite and not. Mm. It also, it was, it was very round, like, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't shaped so much like a monster than a, than a big round stone that had been carved with features that looked sort of monster-like. But um, for the most part, it was mostly round. You described it as having a long snout. Was it um, at all elephantine, the... the a little bit, yeah, kind of like like this, but not a really, not much more than you know, maybe eight or nine inches long. And claws. And claws, yeah. Yeah, crustacean-like claws. And very sim yeah. bi bilaterally symmetrical. It was the same on this side as it was on that side. Like a big crab is what it really looks like, with weird features. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Uh... It's it's you know more nightmare fuel for us. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so is there anything? Is there any other text in the fraud uh, exhibit that's interesting? Any old books, something like that? Well, the Bibles are not particularly old. Uh, they're just. It's more of a display of open Bibles with different languages in each one. Um, 60 or 70 different languages and they have it kind of associated with the fraud thing 
with the boat? No, it's okay. It, it's like, more over to yeah, it's in another another part, but but okay. next to the same the wing. Does this have to do with the church that was sponsoring the exhibit? Uh, yeah the the church. What was it called? The church. Church, church of Redemption. Yeah, they they're the ones who sponsored it. Mm-hmm. Now, if we are looking at the Bibles, is there something that has a sign that says Church of Redemption Bible or Church of Redemption Literature? Oh, no, it's just owned by, you mean like tracts or anything like that? Not yeah, any. I just didn't know if there's anything specific to that religion. Maybe we could read into it and find something mythos-related or, you know, mysterious, I should well, say. Well, what you do know is that it's a fairly large uh, evangelical television station, um, mm-hmm. what you'd expect from fundamental fundamentalists. So now they are the ones who donated the Bibles? Correct. They are not associated with the frauds exhibit. I don't know. Did it say that they were? I think. I thought that they were funding the exhibit for well, some they're, reason. They're obviously donators to the museum. Uh, well, it says the exhibit, along with a fascinating display of Bibles from around the world, is sponsored by the Education Division of the Toronto-based Church of Redemption. Right. The Education, yeah. So it is partly sponsored by them as well. Hmm. Uh, are any of the open Bibles illustrated? Uh, no. Are they, uh, does it look like they're consistently open to the same passage? Oh, that's a good question. Um, do a luck roll. Nope. Um, well, you can see from, like, they're basically open somewhere to the middle. Mm-hmm. But you don't know if it's the same passage in each. Okay. I'm going to look for one that's in English or Latin and see, I assume, kind of near Psalms have kind of opened it up in the middle. Uh, yeah, Psalms. Uh, Psalm 22 is showing, uh, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, etc. Right. Hmm. I think that's 22. Uh, 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I knew that one. (laughs) Okay. All right. Any plaques within or describing uh, where the Bibles are from? Any from an obscure country? Well, each one of them will have listed the country okay. that it's from. They don't all look the same either. Obviously, they are published in different countries. Right. Now, would there be one from China? Yes. And I'm going to read the placard. Is there anything mentioning Chocho or? Nope. It's from Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, if there was a connection between the uh, the Chocho people and this church, I doubt it would be blatantly apparent. There is one in uh, in uh, Hindustani, 
Mm -hmm. uh, but there's not like something in Tibetan, if that's really that much different. I'm sure it is. Bengali and Hindu is different. And yeah. And I yeah. don't know how many how many Christians there are up in in Tibet. That's pretty heavily Buddhist. Well, although you know missionaries love to translate things. That's true. Okay. There is, there's probably one in Esperanto. Mm -hmm. For those of you who know what that is. Okay. Probably has a golden star on the front of uh, hmm. the book. All right. So about this time, the, the, the library is, uh, they're, they're telling people to get the hell out. They don't say it that way. but Right. The books are trying to get out. Can I do a listen roll or a spot hidden to see if anything unusual is going on? Sure. All right. Uh, that's a fail for either. So, One of the guards is going to a wedding tomorrow and she needs to get her hair done. Is that mm. All right. Um, well, unless we got a reason, there's no reason to antagonize these people. We're wanting to. Yeah, and nothing else stood out to any of us in the fraud section. Just the uh, mysterious, hidden. It, you know, it, it gave you kind of that uh, uh, Ripley's "Believe It or Not" sort of feel. That you know, just strange, odd things and little. Uh, little golden idol sitting there that apparently if you stare it in the eyes, you'll die the next day. Hmm. But everybody was staring it in the eyes. Okay. All right. So uh, shall we all meet up for a meal and discuss what we have and haven't found? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Jonathan, you uh, had said you spoke with the curator or something. Did he give you any other information, or he was a bit? I think he was a bit flustered by my inquiries about the statue. He'd probably been, he'd probably gotten a lot of those recently, especially since the article. Um, he's very reticent to let me look at it. Oh. That's about it. Oh, she'd be glad that you didn't. The thing was horrible. <laughs> I followed your lead and was like, nope, not going to look. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to look. I just wanted to try and go through uh, proper channels. Right, yeah. yeah. Apparently, I that was the wrong way to go, though. I wish I didn't look, so you, you, you're <laughs> not missing much. Um. Well, maybe I can. Are any of you good at sketching? I can or maybe a little just... bit. Yeah, maybe you can describe it to me, and I can sketch it out. Mm -hmm. We'll do a police sketch type thing of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've got, I've practiced some naturalism drawing. I can try to capture it for you. It's weird though. It's a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Wonder if uh, they, we could go see where Moore disappeared from, where, where he was working. Maybe 
talk to the curator, see if we could come uh, tomorrow, ask him for tonight. He probably wouldn't be amenable for that. Yeah, though I didn't, I didn't push him. So yeah, but I mean, with it being that, that closing time, open. he's probably wanting to get out of here too. So yeah. hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. We're gonna go. Uh, can you point him out? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'll go uh, approach the curator. Yeah, he's over there. Go. Uh, oh, pardon me, uh, sir. Are, I was told you were the curator of this fine museum. Uh, yes. Uh, the museum is closing, though. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I just. Uh, I'm a uh, Heather Mills. I'm a PI. I was hired by the Moore family to uh, look into uh, you, the worker that disappeared the moore family um, yeah nathaniel moore he was a sewer worker and a, can i see your credentials uh yeah I'll, I'll try and do a uh sleight of hand here and kind of flash real quick hmm. oh i must have forgotten forgotten and they're probably back in my hotel sorry about that yeah Oh, well, I'm sorry. I can't talk to you. Uh, you might be a member of the press for all I know. Oh, well, I understand. Okay. They've been bothering you? Uh, always. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> the many, the many uh, fake identities of... I know. And I want, that one didn't, didn't work. Someone actually called me on it. <laughs> All right, so you leave? Yeah. What would you like to do next? Well, um, I wonder if the... Uh, are there TVs in the hotel room? Yes. I wonder if we can find that uh, Church, Church of Redemptions broadcast and watch that. Yeah, her, there'll be a TV find, like guide. a little TV guide or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be interesting to find out what sort of uh, denomination they're part of. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope that they're just, you know, televangelists. I would hate if we actually saw something like we've been finding lately with them. All right. So you go back, you're going to go back to your hotel room or are you going to get dinner first or maybe go back, freshen up and then go out again? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that'll be make the most sense. All right. So let's see. Um, so while you guys are sort of freshening up, you flip around the TV channels and then find you, you you find on channel we'll say channel five, uh, a, a Church of the Redemption broadcast. Um, it's a like a re rerun from maybe a week or two ago. Um, uh, the uh, the pastor, um, his it looks like his name is Baxter Lully. L-U-L-L-Y. And he uh, he comes across as you know a bit Ernest Angsley, if if you know who that is. Um, 
a, a television evangelist, Bible thumping, you know, mm-hmm. Helen Brimstone, and that he can heal you through the TV set. And uh, he's kind of uh, overweight and uh, balding. And he's, instead of wearing a, a conventional tie, he's got the little bolo tie. <laughs> and uh, Perfect. And he's talking about, you know, you know, the way to salvation is you know, reading this, reading the Bible, and the typical stuff that you would see. And, of course, he's always asking for money. Mm-hmm. And um, the Church of the Redemption, uh, like at commercial breaks, you see the, the outside of the facility. It's a big cross-shaped building, a big monument to the money that they've made, if, if you will, you know. Um, but for the most part, it seems pretty much conventional. Right. And we'll say that it's about 6.30, and you guys are just getting ready uh, to go out when the phone rings uh, in in Margaret's room. Uh, This is Dr. Evans. Ah, Dr. Evans, uh, Robert Jadick. Uh, how oh. are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm I'm doing fine. What can I? What, what do I owe the pleasure of your call? Well, I got a fax from uh, Doctor Liege, and um, I'm very concerned. Are the others there by chance? Uh, yes. Yeah. Does this phone have speaker? Probably not. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Yes. The others are here. We can assume that we. We don't yeah. have to actually do this. Pass the phone. Pass the phone. Um, well, you guys have certainly been doing the job that I hired you for. You've been uncovering all kinds of insane things that are going on, danger to our environment. Um, uh, the information you gave me about Rothmersham, I went ahead and I contacted um, some of the uh, – uh, more uh, the higher ups in, in the Rothmerschen thing. I, I also talked to a Mr. Uh, Glansandi. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Codchill is dead. He died in the industrial accident. I'm uh, I'm very concerned, as are they, that this is almost definitely. Uh, industrial sabotage by another rival company that must be there in Toronto somewhere. Uh, somebody who's attempting to get whatever they're working on. I, uh, I've i done some research and I think that we can have, uh, you know, a fair amount of confidence, uh, at least in some of the people that you've dealt with there. Uh, the corruption was, the corruption it would seem had most, mostly to do with Mr. Codgill and something that he was up to in that lab um, and, and something that obviously was attracted by or uh, attracted uh, the attention of other rivals. Um, You've mentioned in your message that you think that Finley might be up in that area. That's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, but anyways, I do feel like you've been doing your job very well, and I'm, I'm quite, quite glad to pay you. So um, I'd kind of like you to see if you can assist 
uh, and finding out what's going on up there as well while you're up there. Um, of course. Do you have a candidate for the uh, rival corporation? That I, I don't, but you could probably talk to, uh, uh, you could talk to Mr. Guansandi. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he might have some ideas. Uh, he told me he's been reviewing tapes and uh, he should be calling you uh, shortly, possibly. I, uh, I just got off with the phone with him about 15 minutes ago. Uh, in any case, you guys are doing a great job and I'm horrified by some of this stuff that you're uncovering. And I, I feel, I feel guilty that I've put you at least in some cases in harm's way, but there are, there, there are just not the proper laws and regulations in place to deal with some of these things. And, and, and what you're uncovering is definitely going to give us a great deal of leverage to get such things put into place. So thank you very much and uh, keep in touch, please. Thank you. I'll do. Now, did any of us, have we considered trying to go by uh, Codshill's house? The AHR records will have his address. Yeah. I'm, no, I mean, I don't think we have. No. Because consideration. He was the guy who ended up gooped on the ceiling, right? That's yeah. right. That would be correct. Yeah, I we thought it was funny when Jadik said he died in the industrial accident as though we hadn't seen him disintegrating as he slopped onto the floor in front of us. Well, hell of an industrial accident. Yeah. Hmm. Do you want to stick around and wait for a call from Glan Sande before we go out to eat? If he's got news... I know he's got a hell of a right hook. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't mind hearing from him again. I mean, we could always just do room service and wait for the call. Let's see if we can get some better coffee up here. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, you guys get some room, room service, and you're there for maybe 45 minutes. And uh, the room service has come, and you guys, are, you guys are eating. And while you're eating, there's a knock on your door. Knock, knock, knock. Uh, go look through the peephole. Uh, it's uh, Magnus Kohansandi. Oh, he came by, and all right, I'll, I'll open the door. Fix my hair. Oh, Mr. Mr. Kohansandi. Ah, excellent. You're all here. Um, I am hoping, and he holds up a VCR tape, uh, that your room came with a VCR player. That's something I'd like to show you. Well, I was like, hey, Keeper, is there a VCR player in here? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> 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 had VCR players in 1990. Yeah. Um, Margaret asks like, the sky, is there a VCR player? Sorry, I, I failed my luck roll. There is no VCR player <laughs> in my suite particularly. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to go just get one, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll do a luck roll to see if it eats up the tape. Yeah. <laughs> no! That's about one in three. <laughs> yeah. um, so he comes inside and he says, uh, he says, we've, sat, we've also come up with some very interesting uh, information. Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. 
So he puts the tape in and uh, as you see, it's uh, everything here is happening rather normally. And uh, here now you see, um, you find uh, Mr. Peters, the security guard, he comes in and uh, he goes, he, uh, the, the viewpoint is right inside the airlock. Okay. You see him come in and he goes to the desk and he checks something. And then uh, you can't quite see what he's doing, but it looks like he's taking something out of his coat pocket and opening it and pouring the contents just like on the floor. He then immediately walks farther in and he disappears out of sight. And he says, now I, I'll fast forward, but I timed it. He's gone for about, about 20 minutes. And now you see him coming back and he has a case which I presume has the uh, test tubes in it. It's a, a standard carrying case uh, with enough room for what he needed. And uh, you can also see now, off in the distance, you can see the secretary keel over mm -hmm. as he's walking by. And there's something wrong with the shadow, with the lighting in the room, he should be casting a shadow that looks like, you know, a, a flattened human shadow. But the shadow seems to move almost in a sinewy thing. At first, it almost looks like the light is moving somehow, but the light's a fixed, fixed thing. And it gives you the strong impression almost of a snake moving across the floor. And here is where he exits. Now, I don't know what this means. But the other very important thing is we've analyzed a small amount of the toxin that we found left over. And it has one component in it that is very strange. Cobra venom. Hmm. Cobra venom. It is a it's a mystery I know of no reason why it would be cobra venom. Well that explains the caustic effect on the secretary, but nothing else. Hmm. Like cobra venom will definitely interact violently with blood and such but yeah and and nothing else in there was weird no other compounds found were strange well the 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 uh, that was one of the components we couldn't identify the other components mm -hmm. uh, there are definitely some strange chemical bonds and chemical substances uh in that stuff but cobra venom seems to be the closest match Hmm. Um, I might, I might want to look at this. 
I, I kept thinking that there were distortions in the video, which caused the shadow to distort. But our secretary, before she died, said the shadow is wrong. Yeah. And right, I, don't, right. I don't know what this means. Anyways, I'm afraid that's all I have for now. Um, Mrs. What? Peters said that her husband had acted distraught when he laughed. I wonder if he was already under the influence of this shadow. Or did he look, um, well, let's, let's rewind it and look at his face. Uh, tell me if he looks distraught at all. Or if he's, if he looks like he's being coerced or something. It, it almost looks blank, emotionless. Mm -hmm. And this is the face as he's leaving, as he walks by the secretary who's writhing on the floor. At that Having committed a, a, a office full of murders of people that he knows and stolen a highly volatile and dangerous substance. He looks almost disinterested. Yeah, he's not there. What about before he pours the, whatever it is on the floor? Well, you can't see because he's facing away from okay. me. Yeah. And the, I mean, he, he poured that thing and then left, but he survived. Yeah, it didn't even bother him. Did he, did he pour it on his shadow? No, it seemed like he, in fact, at first it just looks like he's pouring it out, but he might actually be pouring it into a kind of pattern on the floor, mm -hmm. the way he's pouring it out. It doesn't seem, it seems like there's too many movements to be just practical. Right. That was the shadow distorted when he first entered or only after he left the lighting's wrong and his body kind of blocks it because the shadow's kind of on the other side of him as he comes in um oh, so he, he definitely was pouring it on his shadow but if well a, as you analyze it you think maybe maybe the shadow was wrong there too hmm. hmm well what do you think do do we have another uh <laughs> endurance chant type situation. Remember Guan Sandy standing right there. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Have uh Mr. Glen Sandy, uh have you been able to uh since this is obviously uh some type of sabotage, maybe able to get the police to look at his uh bank account. Maybe some other company's been giving him money to do this and they could trace uh, it. Yes, we've we've been trying to get uh uh, to get all that kind of information, it's it's been, uh, you can imagine, disastrous at uh, Rothmersham. Uh, uh, I'm ashamed to say that we've had to do a great deal of covering up, at least for the moment, uh, mm -hmm. until we can assess the true extent of the damage. Well, have if the feds... Go ahead. Have the feds been involved at all? Or have you managed to keep it local? Not so far, yes. Not so far. Are the local uh, authorities looking for Peters? Uh, yes, they are. Do they? What do they think uh, they're looking for him regarding? Um, uh, 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 Espionage, corporate theft, 
Do they know yeah, about cor- their... corporate theft? That's what I wanted to say. Because they can't know it's homicide, right? But uh, we have to consider that it's a homicide, and that he's a very dangerous person. All right. And the authorities have his uh, vehicle information? Uh, Yes, they do. Uh, Are there external cameras? Is it possible some other vehicle picked him up? Uh, We don't know that for sure. How long had had he been working for you? Uh, A few years. A few years? Have have you talked to his immediate supervisor, see if he could figure out when, hey, you know, he started acting strange a week ago or... I actually have. He has said... Nothing seemed out of the ordinary at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like it's out of the blue. I mean, just... Man. Uh, it's quite are, distressing. Are there any local uh, competitors? Well, I mean, there's a number of them. I can give you a list. Uh, I'll have to compile a list. But uh, for the most part, my guess is that it's somebody not directly here in, in Toronto, but possibly somewhere else uh, hmm. that sent in a saboteur. I don't know where they would have gotten their information. And we've had no contact with Finley. Right. Yes, you haven't, but apparently somebody has. At least he's somebody who has information about the fact that you had the serum. In any case, that's what I have for you this evening. Um, sorry, I don't have more. As soon as I know more, I will get back with you. Yes, uh, that list of uh, likely competitors would be very welcome. Okay. Uh, good evening. Have a nice evening. Good evening. Swing by anytime. And he, uh, he takes the tape back. And did it come out of the machine clean? Uh, took a couple of button pushes to get it to come out. <laughs> Is it the top loading kind? Oh, that was garbage. Ooh, fancy. Who visited Mrs. Peters? Like, what do you mean? Uh, you know, we had, yeah, we had that little pretend HR visit. Was that you? Yeah, yeah. Heather, you really are almost a compulsive liar, aren't you? Well, you're around them college students a lot. You got to be quick on your feet. (laughs) And always have a pack of smokes. Yeah, which I'm going to go out on the balcony. (laughs) Her name is really Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Everything you know about you is a lie, Heather. Um, Are you even a doctor? Mrs. Peters said that he had seemed distracted or upset that morning. Right. Do you think if he'd had a visitor that that would have come up in your interview? You know, some strange guy, say Dr. Finley, had been by two nights before, she would have said that, don't you think? I I think so, but she was pretty distraught, too, and I don't want to upset her too much. Because somehow... You know, I mean, all right. I would, I would be willing to bet that. I'd be willing to bet that he was, uh, at least not initially, willing to be complicit in this sort of activity. 
I'm I'm betting that someone used his family against him. Or maybe, you know, I mean that shadow that was really weird. You know, maybe that thing out at the farm. We never saw how it cast a shadow there. I mean, or it could be another endurance chance situation. Yeah, I'm prepared to accept um, provisionally. Now that we've met a ghoul and an alien, that uh, there's some cobra venom spell that is compelling his behavior and they've probably dropped his body off somewhere after having used it like off a cliff yeah dr carlisle do a luck roll 19 no yeah sorry i wasn't sure if it was a six 19 okay yeah 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 um as you guys were all talking about this doctor you you had taken the vcr tape out and you just flip the channel onto a regular channel. I think you used to have to put it on three to watch the VCRs. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Ethan, as you're looking at the screen, you see breaking news. And you've turned the volume down, so you don't hear it. But uh, you see that it's breaking news. Another victim of the Toronto Ripper. Oh, as soon as I see that, I'll try and turn the volume up way loud. Okay. Um, Ethan, what the heck? Look, look. Basically, the news shows that uh, a, a, a victim of the Toronto Ripper has been found uh, behind a dumpster. Um, uh, the identity of the person is uh, E. Martin Peters. Yeah, of course. And the location is about two blocks from his house. That mm. poor woman, those poor kids. Exactly. Well, now we've definitely got a connection between the uh, the murders. Wait, I have a question. Shenanigans at well. Sorry, Doctor Leash. Uh, when people were talking about the other murders, any witnesses? Didn't they say they sh- saw like a shadowy figure too, or am I making that up? No, I I think they did. They, they remember even in the interview they asked us about another. This is about another figure, but was it referred to as shadowy? No, oh. the other figure was referred to as uh, shorter and young, if I remember correctly. Okay. Younger I, I... looking. And then the the taller, darker person had... Um... Silver hair. Yeah. And they, right. there's a question of whether they're wearing overcoats or robes or, you know, there's even, yeah. who knows... Because I was just thinking if the shadow was behaving differently than the person, maybe it's the same. Maybe it's one person with a shadow, not two people. Well, I wonder, I mean, there's been multiple events that that we've seen. I mean, the break-in, Peters is dead. But what about the, none of the, the any of the other victims, they weren't associated with the library, were they? I mean, the bookstore where the book was stolen. Uh, let me check our notes. No, or, or the museum. Well, uh, yeah, the closest we got is that Russell Simons. He was uh, he was at the university library, but that's not the same thing. So, um, well, it's kind of next door. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
How far was uh, the Peters house from these other murder sites? Because it said it was two blocks from there. Uh, yeah, actually, there there are places farther on. It's on the other side of the town, but hmm. um, you have. Uh, let's see. You had uh, Nathaniel Moore. He was found in the sewers after working on, at the museum on the sewer system. Mm-hmm. You have Brian Lombardo, uh, who was a high school student. Um, he was going to a swim, swim meet at the university. Uh, third victim, Russell Simons. Uh, he was a student at the university. And um, Ken Stewart. Uh, the fourth one was Ken Stewart, uh, who was a cab driver for the Metro City Cab Company. I remember his ribs well. Hmm. Did that cab driver, did we find out if the cab driver had a matchbook or something from the Dragon restaurant? Um, no, but he was heading to Chinatown. Chinatown. So the commonality is either Chinatown or more specifically the restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, Chinatown is, is reasonable walking distance from Queens Park. Correct. It's, it's, you know, they're all right there, but Peter's place is far away, but you know, maybe he was trying to go home. To his wife for when does the when was the book when was the book stolen was that was stolen uh let's see was it stolen before or after the uh the roth incident uh possibly the same day or the or the day before I wonder when the test tube was broken. That probably happened after the break-in, whoever got those vials. Yeah. And why didn't we tell Why didn't we tell Magnus about the test tube? We should have been sent to Glonsider and given it to him to analyze. Although I imagine the lab is not very functional right now since everyone who worked there turned into gray dust. Just in the containment area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine their less sensitive labs are still perfectly functional. I could run by. Go see. Let's see. Um, oh, what do you want to do? It mm. looks like the narcotic manuscript was reported stolen the day after the incident. Okay. That's what it looks like because, yeah, 19 was the incident mm-hmm. and 20 is when we learned of it. So it might have been that night. Right. Okay. Huh. What do we want to do? Do we want to keep following up on the church? Or someone said maybe mm-hmm. go 
Let's look at Mr. Codgels or Dr. Codgels. Apparently, it's late. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> it was that that uh, that um, room service meal was heavy. Yes, but if we can go look at uh, Codgels' house, maybe he has some documents or some journals that might mm. let us know what he he was dealing with. But I just, yeah. I mean, I can't just, I can't shake the feeling that that several of these things are that the murders are connected with the theft of the vials. Well, there's there's they, they definitely there's definitely a strange loop now that we have now because our runaway doctor has a definite connection to the black dragon our runaway doctor also knew about the serum the black dragon is associated with a bunch of murders in the in the toronto area the la the secure lab that had vials of the serum gets broken into and the serum stolen and then the security guard who we have on on tape doing weird stuff and walking out with a case presumably of the vials ends up murdered in the same manner yeah it's not a coincidence that out of five murders one of them is the the man who sabotaged well, and the and the first one was at the museum. There or was somebody working at working right. on stuff for the museum who was killed, and now there was a vial left, or vial used yeah. there. Well, the cab driver must have picked up the Ripper, and he he was headed to Chinatown. He got to the destination and then killed the driver. Mm-hmm. Why kill the driver though? That doesn't seem, unless he needed, unless the the ripper needed the organs. Either he needed the organs, or he saw something he shouldn't have. I don't know. I mean, that Maybe. could be. Because just killing a cab driver seems like a rather uncalculated risk. I I wonder if the murder are all the murders were in Chinatown. No. Oh, all right. There goes that theory. I was thinking they needed to be in Chinatown border to do yeah, something. Yeah, no. There's only there's only a tenuous connection to the Black Dragon, like Did, items found. The only murder that seems yeah. to have taken place in Chinatown was the cabbie, because the Did other they, bodies were found where there was no blood, etc., and they're eviscerated. So it was there were messy crimes. Do the cabs have cameras at the time? Do they have security cam? No? Right. no, they have radios. I was just wondering if they had, you know. All right. Uh, now was Peter's body dumped, or was he killed pretty much right there? All it said on the news was that he was stuffed behind a uh, a garbage. What do they call the big dump? Yeah, that sounds like a dump. A dump, that's what I'm thinking, so. And the uh, news report said nothing about him being wanted by the police or about Rothsmersham. No. And they mm -hmm. said nothing about a suitcase full of mysterious Pepto-Bismol from hell. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't say if, it, if it's going to follow in the same MO. Well, they know it's the Ripper, so you know that the body was probably in a bad mm -hmm. state. 
organs missing. I can't remember there? if you were making friends with the cops at all. Yeah, we were nice to them when they. Yeah, we in. we cooperated, but That's we didn't. They, they interrogated you a bit. Tell them anything. I, yeah. I wonder if we, if it's a, I don't know if we should talk to the cab company. Wonder if there's any lead there. So we have. We have reasonable access to. Labs. I'm thinking that we should pick up. We should. We might want to. We might want to pick up some takeout from the Black Dragon and analyze the meat, just in case. Because yeah. that's that's kind of a. Kind of a loose end that's bugging me. Yeah, I see where you're going with that, but if they yeah. were feeding the populace human, there'd be a lot more murders. So, but there might True. be something else in the food that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah there might be lacing the deep meals with little bits of human too. It might right. be more a ritual thing. So we put a little bit of heart meat into every stew, and it's not as though you're mm. getting fewer of human. You're just getting bad juju. Right. Now, and we've still got our, we've still got our delightful redhead. Mm-hmm. And since our friend the bartender knows I'm interested, yeah. No, we should. Yeah, we should see if the floor plan for that restaurant is on public record. Yeah, it's a little late for city building at this hour. Mm-hmm. We have so many totally related but disparate ideas. It's kind of making me crazy. Mm. Why do I keep seeing that crab thing? Yeah, I'm trying not to mm. think about that. Well, here, let me get my sketch pad and you can describe it. Oh. Done and done. Huh. Here. I'm going to do it an art craft on that. We're gonna do an arts and crafts roll. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. So that's uh, I make a nice I make a nice sketch of a dog. It's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's what you described, right? The longer the longer snout. Yeah, but more. <laughs> Okay, so we want to take uh, some food from the Black Dragon to a lab. We want to take this broken test tube to a lab. Those will both have to happen in the morning. Uh, maybe we look at a B&E at the Codshill residence now? Yeah. Or we're yeah. going to be able to get up, his address? Some food. Well, let's we'll some food we, on the way there. I'll go, I'll go in. Yeah. Okay. We can try the phone book, see if he's listed. I mean, we got his name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, he's listed. Okay. There we go. Is uh, is his house near where uh, Peter's house was? Uh, not really. It's in a nice neighborhood. Um, oh. And uh, if you if you're going to drive over there, it's well lit 
and uh, it looks like there's people there. Okay. Like, you know, people over there. Family. Possibly friends and family, who knows? Right. You don't know if he was married or not, but possibly. The, the, the phone book didn't say Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Sometimes 20th century conventions can be helpful. <laughs> so, um, are there, is, it, uh, is there a garage? Or is there a driveway? Uh, there is a two-car garage. Um, are there any vehicles present outside of that? Yeah. And there, and the house is pretty lit up. Yes. So they might be having a little bit of a wake, not knowing that uh, Mr. Cudgel was a traitor who turned into goop and then dust. Uh, that's really not propitious for B and E. Yeah. I mean, we go up there and just bullshit and say we're from the company and his research. He signed a he'd signed a contract saying all of his research was owned by the company. And that's standard. We might be better off having uh, someone actually do that because then they'd have real ID and it wouldn't be at night and so on. That's why we. That's why I always run these ideas by you. Cause yeah, you're, Heather, you just need to just relax on the fake identities for once. You gotta find out who is Heather. <laughs> I'm here selling Girl Scout cookies. Can I look in the office? <laughs> okay. You know that one might that one might turn out better than your last attempt. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not that's not such a high bar to the pass with that last attempt. Good. Um, anything else useful tonight? Um, either the the uh, yellow pages won't say biker bar, so we can't go. I mean, we're definitely going to stop at the black black dragon and get some organ meat dishes. Yeah, small, you know, an eight piece sampler of some kind, and see if Lurleen is working. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Dr. Liege, do you want to go upstairs with Lurleen and um, take your chances? I promise if we find you eviscerated, I'll uh, speak eloquently about your bravery at the funeral. <laughs> oh. Well, I think we should hold off on doing anything like that until we currently, know what the floor plan is. Yeah, currently, I don't know if... Uh... I don't know if Lurleen is anything other than bait, and we don't even know if she is bait. It might just be super sleazy. Mm. But if we do, if we do manage to find something untoward in the food, then order the deli special too. It's something that they're putting cheaper and giving out more of so that might have something in it and i find it just too convenient that someone who was with a banker gang the first day we started this whole craziness happens to be the exact spot we go to in canada i don't buy that as a coincidence at all Mm. just a sleazy thing like i understand where you're getting at but out of all the sleazy places to be She's right where we are. So, yeah. So, she like a very strong swimmer. Hmm. I mean, if She's you spend eight hours a day in a tank, you kind of have to be or develop yeah. it. She's not particularly muscular. She's kind of thin. 
ish. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so back to the black dragon. Do we yeah. want? Do we want to go by the dump site first? Just look. I mean, the police are probably crawling all over it still. Hmm. Are we going to the dragon or ordering it just to pick up? I don't think we should all. I think I think I should be in there, just just to order. Yeah, say, I'm, I say I'm getting some takeout because they know my face. If they are, if they're targeting people, then that would definitely put me as a target. I think that's the best chance we've got at catching them with uh, non-USDA approved meat. Right, but I just don't want that not USDA meat to be you, Dr. Lee. Eh, buddy system. They're not going to jump me in the restaurant. Get in. No, if you're not, if you're not going upstairs Get with Lurleen. Yeah. I wonder how many other swimmers they have, and I wonder if they're all available. So that's another reason to have eyes in, in the building. Hmm. Also, did we ever see a picture of Mrs. Finley? Or only hear a description of her? And the contrary descriptions were one, she was a handsome older woman, and one, she was a gr- grotesque older woman. Well, yeah, handsome yeah. isn't necessarily a good descriptor for anyone hmm. female. <laughs> It was in the 20th century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, uh, just you and me, Dr. Leash? Sure. Then we'll get an interesting sample of dishes to take out, get them to the fridge at the hotel promptly so that uh, mm-hmm. the analysis will be sound. Yeah. And if you, stand, if you stand by the door looking impatient, you know, tapping your watch... I think that'll help sell the whole takeout thing. So yeah, that's what we do. All right. So you head on over to the Black Dragon. And as usual, it's busy. Um, so you're going to go into the bar area? Is that what you said? Um Okay, go ahead. It's it's busy in there. Yeah, the bar is where Lurleen, Lurleen's window is near the bar. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's kind of on the side. Yeah. You notice at that point that there's actually some text over that little window. Uh, it says, Behold the Verdant Sylph. <laughs> uh, selling it a little hard, isn't it? All right. So I'll walk, I'll walk by the window. Is she in there? Yep. All right. Just walk by it. Walk up to the bar. Is our, is our favorite bartender. Uh, he is. He says, there we go. Oh, you came back. Good. You like our food. What can I do for you? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking to actually get a bunch of takeout for my, uh, my associates and I. Okay. Can I see a menu? What? Yeah, sure. He gives you a menu. So I order... All of, the, all of the names are written in Chinese, and then it'll say something like, you know, pork with this and beef with that and chicken with that. My favorite real-life Chinese translation is chicken asshole with rice, which I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. they meant gizzard, 
but I'm not sure. I didn't order it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to impatiently look over it with you. We're looking for anything that looks like organ meats. And yeah, the daily special, I think, is a good idea. The only meats that are ever mentioned are just pork, chicken, and uh, beef. Right. They don't mention human meat on the menu? No long pork, no sweet veal. They don't say lizard or... or uh, <laughs> But they also don't say liver or, you know, right. kidney. They just say kind of meat. Right. And, yeah. and seafood or no seafood? Oh, yeah. There's probably shrimp and uh, fish. There's no, there's no tank inside, though. There's no, not one of those live. No. Um, yeah, so let's, we could ignore the seafood. Mm -hmm. Well, it would so, be up by Tibet Chinese, so there's not really yeah. a river, uh, ocean. Well, you'd think that, but there's all the... Uh, there's the weird yeah. uh, octopus insignia. Mm -hmm. So There's lakes and things like that. Yeah, daily special uh, meat sample prep, like uh, a sampler prep platter. Um, the chicken asshole with rice for, for Desmond. Mm -hmm. Just a, a, a wide variety of stuff. But within... Uh, we're not ordering everything from the menu, but just the things that look that have beef interesting. In yeah, we ordered vegetarian to consume. We're ordering meat to take out. So, um, right. as, as you're waiting, um, and he's doing bartendering stuff like that, um, he said he says to you, he says, "So I noticed you keep looking at our uh, at our mermaid." Oh, it's just a, it's an interesting attraction for your restaurant. Any, uh, any insight into why that, why that got put in here? Uh, it's just sort of a, to have fun, you know, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, like I told you, you can talk to her if you want, have some private time with her. Uh, maybe when I'm not ordering takeout. Um, you notice just a little bit of disgust in his look when he's like that. Disgust at the demural or disgust at the suggestion in the first place? The disgust at the idea that a woman would sell herself like that. He's, of course, selling her. <laughs> but they're very religious people. Right, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, you notice that the, the she's she's not a she's not an Asian woman in the, in the tank. That makes it okay. She's a white fish. <laughs> um, if he if he comes over into my area again while I'm waiting to try and strike up conversation, I'll ask. Uh, so what's with the what's with all the uh, aquatic aesthetic going on in here? And he like looks around. And he says, "What do you you mean the? It's just decorations, hmm. things from our mythology." Oh, okay. Interesting. When's the food coming out? It takes about 20 minutes. And then uh, they bring it all out in little 
little Chinese boxes. Yeah. Desmond's looking thoroughly impatient. <laughs> all right. So he gives it all to you and you, know, you pay for it. Have a nice one. Come back again. Oh, of course. For the record, last time they ordered and the time we were there, I said it specifically. I've never eaten anything from this restaurant, and I don't plan to. And it smells so good. Mm. You know, with all the purple potatoes that they use. Well, if I'm going to eat human, I'm going to sit down and eat human. I'm not going to eat pretend human. Well, if you're going to eat human, you're going to uh, meet your friend the ghoul again and exactly what life underground is like. All right, so so let's r- rush this to the fridge. Unless you want to sample it. No, no, we no, got hey, we got room service for a reason. All right, so you head on home, or you head on back to your hotel. Mm-hmm. Um. And you have all the, the mini fridges stuffed with food. <laughs> uh, what do you do now? It's it's. Oh, let's let's do something else. Let's see. So you come back from the ho- You come back from the restaurant, and you're walking into the lobby of your hotel, and. Just as you come through the front door, we'll say it's got one of those mm-hmm. really cool rotating doors. Coming through that, uh, you realized when you were outside the, the glass front, there's a restaurant you know that's in the in the lobby. You guys have eaten there. You see a couple of guys walking from the, the restaurant over to the elevators. And just as you go through the front door, you see that these two guys that have just gotten into the elevator, one of them is a tall, silver-headed man. The other one is a short, shorter, younger-looking fellow. And they are definitely dressed in long trench coats with some sort of a silver medallion around their neck. And the door closes. Where's the phone? I, I go over find, to the... Find the phone. I go over to the elevator and watch the floor see where it stops. I'm looking for a phone. Margaret. Oh, look, did we get at the medallions? I'm thinking cops. These are people that were witnessed at the first murder of the crime scene and now they're here. Mm -hmm. Um, it It goes up to the fifth floor. But then you see it continues up to the sixth floor. There might have been other people in the elevator. Right. And then up to the 12th floor. And then it starts back down again. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling the police. <laughs> if I can get like the... Now, are there... Get me a phone. What What's the stair situation? Make sure that they don't get away. Yeah. Uh, there's a stairwell. You know, it's not... Just it's not an open staircase. There are probably two fire stairs. Probably two fire stairs. Yeah, yeah we, we we should watch because I mean, if that elevator comes back down with some gutted people in it, I'll be sick if these people get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, did we, how, how, yeah, well, Margaret's on the 
phone. Uh, how big is the elevator bank? Two, three, four uh, elevators? Uh, four. Yeah, but they're all on the same wall, so we can watch them pretty easily. There's probably, I don't know, 500 rooms in this. Is that a lot of rooms? Maybe that's a lot of rooms. A lot of rooms. That's reasonable, though, for like. Um, yeah, it's a big, big city. It's a big, it's a big fancy hotel. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. What, what floor? Oh, sorry. Yeah, what floor are we on? Uh, you're Five. on. You're on seven. I don't know. Seven. Okay. Okay. I tried to get a good look at the medallions. Did they look the same? Uh, yes. And there's stars, moons, purple hearts, yeah, pink clovers. Do an occult roll. I think I have more Cthulhu mythos than occult, if that's appropriate. No, this is occult. This is occult. Uh, then the chances were very slim, and I did not make it. Okay. You can all do that, by the way. Didn't make it here. Nope. 99. Ooh. <laughs> that was exactly 50 off. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely looked occult. It wasn't a cross. They weren't wearing big crosses. Um, there was definitely a star, like, in the middle of it with some other stuff around it. Like a five-sided star? Yes. Uh-huh. With some other stuff. And it was silverish, but I couldn't make anything out. Right. But they looked the same. It also was, I think that it was a, a right-sided up star. Mm -hmm. it didn't look like a Satan star. Well, what's commonly used for, yeah. 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 They also do a like, well, you didn't yeah, really, What was their manner like? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say do a, you can all sort of do spot hiddens on that one. Ooh, 06. A 41 is good, but not as good as an 06. 73. Well, you couldn't see completely clearly, especially because you started seeing them when you were walking outside and coming towards the door, and you didn't really notice them. When you walked in, they seemed to be laughing and enjoying themselves uh, like they just had a nice dinner. Mm -hmm. Did they have shadows? Uh, not that you could see. Um, the the taller, older fellow, uh, his gray hair, is it like long and swooped back or is it a little buzz cut or? Uh, yeah, it's kind of short, just short hair. And and the short guy looks significantly younger? Yeah. You'd, and you'd they're both caucasoid? You'd, I'm sorry, what was that? They're both caucasoid? Yes. Um, the 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 silver haired guy looked like he might be in his mid fifties, maybe a little younger. And the other guy looked like he could have been twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three. Hmm. Did they have bags with them? No. Just to close. Well, you know, the good news, so uh, what we want to each take a fire stair because they're probably not inside of each other. I'll mm -hmm. take a fire stair, Dr. Liege, take a fire stair. 
Margaret's on the phone. Heather, do you want to watch? Maybe Heather and Ethan can watch the elevators together. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you going to tell the cops, Margaret? Well, I'm not going to make it an emergency call, but I want to let them know that um, uh, two uh, people who were seen uh, in the vicinity of two of the murders. Uh, matching the description. Well, yeah, of... matching, matching the description of possible suspects. Do we know if that description is public? I mean, I saw a file when we were being interrogated. I don't know. Is it is the, are the news is the news report saying that there are two people wanted or anything? No. Hmm. So, Margaret, you might have to identify yourself. Yeah, it's not actually anything that you saw written down. It's something that you overheard when you were at the police. Right. So yeah, I'll yeah I'll call him and yeah it's like, and all this that it said is wanted for questioning too. Yeah, and yeah, when, the, when we were being interrogated, they kind of they described. Well, they the, certainly implied there were two parties. Yeah, with questions and stuff. Yeah. All right. Um. So. Do a luck roll, Doctor Evans. Ah, nope. Hmm. Well, they tell you that they'll that they'll send over a detective um, to ask you some questions and see if you can offer them anything to. Uh, Right. They're not exactly sure what you're going to be able to tell them. It was that they're here. They're here. We saw them go up an elevator. You're talking about some two people that were wanted for questioning. Yes. Um, we'll we'll send somebody over. And uh, yes, please be quick. You can tell us what you saw. Uh, you'd think that the silver medallion detail would get their attention but who knows who's answering the phone and what they know right all right so the rest of you you're going up the who's who's all staying in the lobby all right dr carlisle you're staying with dr evans yep. um, and the three of you are going up the stairs we're watching the i'm watching one fire stair desmond's watching another okay Margaret's yeah. on the phone. Yeah. Do we want to, now that we got three people near the elevators, does two of us want to go up and check fifth, sixth, and twelfth floor? Yeah. Right. We need to get this food in the fridge soon, too. Mm -hmm. So if we have two, three people downstairs, then we have covered the exits. Yeah. It's probably nine o'clock at night or something. Yeah. So, you know, in all likelihood, unless they plan to kill tonight, they're in. But I want to stay down here at least for a little while and until the cops come, assuming yeah. they'll ever send anybody. And I'm assuming that they didn't go to our floor specifically, so. Nope, they didn't. So, Margaret, you want to go check out the fifth floor? Well, no, but <laughs> let's go. Come on. When's it ever well, backfired on us? 
Oh, let's see. Um, well, there was this one instance, Heather, where you and I went off somewhere and uh, we were kidnapped for a couple of weeks by a giant lady. So, <laughs> details, details. You know. yeah. Let's all call right, interns all right, and all right. tell them they're going to the fifth floor. Yeah. All right. Uh, those of you who stay in the lobby, you don't see anybody. I mean, you see a lot of people. Yeah. You don't see anybody. You don't see any of them. Uh, you go up to the uh, the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of corridors with a lot of rooms. It's going to do a uh, quick walk through the cor- corridors, you know, listening for sounds of fighting, you know, besides like a couple's fight, fight All right. or look for... Uh, Blood drops. <laughs> I mean, but... or doors hanging in a jar, or yeah. Do a uh, do a listen roll. Listen to that. <laughs> Not today. I failed. Yeah, I failed bad. Mm-hmm. All right. You don't. You don't hear anything. Maybe vaguely televisions. Right. You know. Okay. Whatever. All right. But, uh, there's quite a few rooms on each floor. You go. You're going a, like a loop around. Yeah, inside, um, and the same would be the same for any of the other floors that you were to try if you try another floor. Yeah, you, and you don't see anything out of the ordinary. Um, I look around. Are there cameras in the hallways? No. Okay. Hmm. Well, <laughs> they could be anywhere. Well, let's drop this food off before we go back down and get the get the guys. All right. So you head back down to that. You drop the food off. You head back down to your lobby. Um, and you guys are all back in the lobby. I guess we watch and we wait. Hmm. Well, now, just them walking, assuming they did the 5th, 6th, and 12th floors, just a walk through, and then came back down. That's going to take 20 minutes, a half an hour. Right. Has anybody from the police that showed up yet? Well, we'll say probably a half an hour, and um, a guy walks in, obviously looking like a policeman, a police detective. Yeah. And... Uh, He's just sort of glancing around to see if he sees anybody. I mean, there's once again, there's people. So we saw them getting into the elevator. We didn't see them talk to reception or anything. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So we don't know if they just checked in or if they've been here for a while or if they even have a room. Although, given that they were upstairs for a half an hour at least, they probably have a room. Um. So you know. Well, Margaret, there's the cop, it looks like. Uh, I don't know how we get him interested, but you know, our only chance of getting any information from this, I think, is if the two of them are sharing a room and the reception can tell the cops something because they're not going to tell us. Right. But if we can convince the cop to ask reception, 
you know, they're a pretty striking looking couple, especially with their silver gewgaws. Right, right. Right, yeah, so I'll go tell the cop what we saw, the, the two guys and their medallions and how that matched to the descriptions that we had heard. And I just thought to call them. We were witnesses, after all, who were questioned. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we were told to tell you if we... He takes down the information that you give him, but it... He he doubts that it will lead anywhere. Uh, um, that... Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think that he would actually say anything revealing it all to you because as far as you know you're you're a bystander who has just happened to say see somebody who you think might have been you know since you didn't actually see the persons the first time right you're just going by hearsay um he's very polite and he takes your information but he leaves well would more of the uh, psychology-minded of us be able to tell something? You can try, but no. He doesn't have... I mean, he obviously knows stuff, but he's not going to tell you guys. Yeah. Uh, when they came in, were they coming in through the front door that's facing the street, or was it could have been like where we're, it, we've been parking our car? They, they came from the restaurant. Okay. Uh, you were coming in the front door. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, that's going to... Uh, um, I wasn't going to have nightmares about the big crab thing. Now I'm going to have nightmares about being in a hotel room in the same building as two sociopaths who slice people up and take out their organs. Well, you know what? When I was in college, I used to wait tables and waiters live off tips tips can get information and waiters have to keep track of people too they notice a silver-haired guy with a 20 year old yeah let's try it i'll i'll chip in 20. all right yep me too yeah so you're going into the restaurant yeah even at this time of night it's still fairly busy Talk to uh, the, the, oh my God, I'm blanking on, not the receptionist, the uh, hostess. The Major D. Yeah. Oh, Major D. Uh, quick question. I'm so sorry to bother you. I believe, um, I, well, there was uh, two gentlemen. They just left here, had silver necklaces. They ate here. Silver hair, older guy, younger. I did see them earlier this evening, yes, sir. Um, you... They left nearly oh. 40, maybe 45 an hour ago. Do you know who their waiter was? I don't know. Could you so, find out? And I hand them a $20 bill. Hmm. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, why, sir? It's kind of personal. I hand them another 20 Um, He says, give me a few moments. So it takes him maybe 10 or 15 minutes to whisper in the ears of the various waiters. 
and uh, after a few minutes, uh, a young guy looks like he's maybe in his mid twenties. Uh, he comes walking over to you and he says, uh, uh, "The major D said you wanted to see me." Hey, yeah, just a quick question. Um, I reach out to shake his hand, and there's twenty dollars in it. Uh, two gentlemen. Silver hair, uh, older guy, younger guy, were in here maybe 40 minutes ago? Uh, yes. Have you seen them here before? They're staying in the hotel? Listen, yes. I, this will stay between us, and I hand them another 20. Wow, he's just, he's just going to keep his mouth shut and let yeah. you just keep handing him money. <laughs> no, no, but just to show, you know, like to set up the trust. Uh, 80 bucks between, you know. Um, he says that uh, he, he saw them, uh, in the morning for breakfast and, uh, he saw them for dinner. Uh, he thinks they were here for breakfast, uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, they didn't eat dinner, uh, the last couple of nights. Do you know their names? Do you even a first name? No. Well, and he didn't wait on them, but he knows, you know, they kind of stand out in the crowd. So, do you know anything else about them? Any information you could tell us? Anything? He says, I don't know. They look like witches or wizards or something like that. That's what I was thinking, too. They're, uh... Um, well, he kind of looks around, and he says, I think they're a couple. Okay. Do you remember if they pay with cash or credit? Uh, credit. And, um... Listen, find out if you can get a name off the credit receipt and you call me next time they're in here. Here's my room number. Here, and I, I'll be like, there's more money in it for you. It's nothing illegal. I'm just, it's keep it between us. You want to make some money and I need some information. Okay. Uh, find out the name, the credit, whatever you can get off of. You want to leave a digit off? I don't give a shit. I'm not trying to get his credit card number to, for fraud. I need the information about them. I will give you more money. You get me the information on that. You call my room. They come in here again. You call the room or leave a message, and I'll pay you for that too. But I need to get, I need, don't let them know. This is kind of on the hush hush. But you'll you'll be happy and I'll be happy. Let's leave it at that. He looks a little sheepish and he's like, you know, I I don't want to get involved in anything shady going on. It's hard to explain, man. It's not it's a good thing that I'm doing. They might not be doing a good thing. So it's okay, I'll 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 contact you. Because he doesn't get paid that much money. <laughs> You've given him a couple. I was going to say, you're like, right. you gave a college student like 60 bucks. He's going to be like, this guy's bad. <laughs> exactly. Actually, 1990s, he probably takes the 20s and checks them to see if they're real. Yeah. <laughs> $60, $1991. Hmm? Yeah. You can buy a Walkman. Yeah. Canadian dollars. Mm -hmm. $89.99, Sony Walkman, bright yellow. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, what time does uh, breakfast start at this place? Um, Seven a.m. Okay, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna make sure I'm down here at seven, just in case they come get breakfast again. Okay. 
So, uh, I assume you're going to head up to your rooms? Yeah. Let's do a round in the hotel bar in case they come downstairs. And when I get upstairs, I want to uh, leave a message for Magnus telling him that we want to arrange to have some analysis done tomorrow. If he can pick it up or we can drop it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually get a hold of Magnus. Um, and he says uh, he's he says that he's there late, um, and that he's got one more piece of information for you. Uh, he said that the uh, the lab that he had uh, analyzed the uh, poison uh, that said that it was cobra venom. Uh, they got some very. Uh, they got some, um, I don't want to say, they got some very uh, intense inquiries from the police department about uh, snake venom. Hmm. Uh, like the, the, police, the, the police started out the gate asking about snake venom? Uh, they were actually asking about certain kinds of compounds that were poisonous, uh, including snake venom. And that contact was spontaneous and started by the police department. Correct. Desmond, ask him if he knows that the body was found. Right. Yeah, I have, well, I have two things to exchange, and I wonder why this is why they contacted you. Uh, your security guard's body, you, uh, you've heard the news? Yes, Mr. Peters was found. Yeah, I, home. I wonder if they analyzed something or if Peters showed sometimes some sign of toxic substance and that's why they're yeah. inquiring. Did, uh, what, did, what were they told? Uh, they weren't told anything about our investigation. However, I... I am I, I'm, I'm curious to know if perhaps they have found some similar substances. Um, also, uh, I have a connection uh, that told me that the body of Mr. Peters was found. Uh, it had had its chest cracked open. Uh, it uh, was disemboweled. Uh, certain organs were missing, and in this case, the one thing different about this one than uh, than the previous ones was that he had been entirely skinned. Ugh. Did you get the? Uh, did you learn whether or not the body these uh, atrocities occurred near the dumpster, or whether it had been dropped there? Um, I don't know for sure, but they didn't talk about a lot of blood on the scene. Mm -hmm. But your connection didn't say anything about him being poisoned beforehand or anything that would suggest snake venom. Um, that's very interesting. Uh, well, um, yeah, I'm sending, or if you can, I, if whatever you'd prefer, uh, we can send 
or drop off some samples, some materials we'd like you to analyze. Uh, we have a, a test tube that was broken in a public place that we don't know what it contained. Uh, and we'd like to test some um, foodstuffs for possible human remains. Something's happening with all the organs that are being taken out of people. I will send somebody by in the morning to pick That's up excellent. the samples that you have. Yes, please, someone you trust. Yes. There's a lot of um, skullduggery going on. You don't know anyone attached to the police department, do you? Not directly, no. I'd like to find a way to get them to take us more seriously than they do, but it's hard in a strange place. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Dr. Glon Sunday. And he uh, hangs up. So now it's about 10 o'clock. Well, if we're going to be downstairs to intercept our friends at seven, I'm going to try to retire. Yeah, I am too. Mm. I mean, the the question about the snake venom would probably be in the victim's body, I would guess, mm -hmm. but unless there's yeah. something we're missing. Yeah, I mean, again, there's always the possibility of coincidence, but... You and, know, the timing is such that... Yeah. I would wonder why... So if these if these murder... If all the murders are connected, I would wonder why the snake venom question didn't come from the police sooner. Because then that makes it... That makes me think that the, uh, the snake venom is specifically related to... The wrong shadow. Yeah. Yeah, there's no indication that anybody else was acting against their will before they were disemboweled. I think this is a sort of two birds, one stone thing. We had, they had to get rid of Peters because he knows what he was compelled to do. Mm -hmm. So why not take his heart and kidneys? And skinning. That might have to do with the shadow too, right? Possibly. You know, I mean, that, like Peter, if Peter Pan snake, and his shadow. If it's snake adjacent, maybe... The loss of skin was uh, like a snake side shadow. effect. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they had to shed his skin for him since he was a snake shadow victim. I don't know. Hmm. I know that Ethan doesn't seem to have all his marbles anymore. I feel perfectly reasonable. <laughs> but then well, we I'm have starting to feel. I'm starting to feel less and less reasonable. I'm just. I'm starting Same to see connections shadow. where there shouldn't be. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything in that book that was taken about something right. with the wrong shadow, but we don't have the book, and I'm sure we couldn't read it anyway. Or at least I couldn't. It was taken, the fact that it was taken after the incident, because before the incident, that would make sense if you're going to look for some... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Something. Did we... Did we research if there were any transcripts or p pages translated from that book like i know the whole book wouldn't be but is there any like documents like oh page 423 from this book and oh this and dr carlisle you've just given me perhaps a very useful idea 
we learned that there is that NWI has uh, connections on computer networks that we couldn't have access to. But Mr. Glansanti works for a company that is related to NWI. So perhaps we can find out if they do have a translation of this narcotic manuscript and other things that will be dangerous but useful. I mean, he's, a, he's an official in a company that's affiliated, so that seems like a very promising avenue. Why would a, why would a biotech company have digital copies of weird books? Well, they use them to bring some yeah. giant monstrosity from beyond, She's from somewhere. Sorry, sorry, Desmond. They brought a goddess here to milk her for their science experiments. Well, then why, why would it be stolen? If they... Well, because Finley doesn't have access to that network anymore, possibly. Right. That's what I was thinking. You know, so uh, what if we're dealing with two, two different elements vying for the same? You know, think of the stuff we saw at the farmhouse, which, as far as we know, Finley knew nothing about. You know, yeah. did did we research Finley's wife through business licenses and get an address yet? No, we have not. Oh, right. No, a trip to the public's yeah, records is in order. Tomorrow. Yeah, we need to do yeah. that. We want to know about her. We want a, a, a floor plan for the restaurant. We want a floor plan of the sewer system. And I want the addresses of everyone we've spoken to. And phone numbers. And their families. And their families. And their families. I want, they want their grandma's cousin's addresses. We the, have to know everything. The addresses of everyone that worked in the sewer. That's right. And 30 random people just for fun. And the address of that uh, space bug guy that took our blood because he still owes us a translator device and he never delivered. That I definitely want that address because we got to go on a trip with him. Yeah, I am just going to go ahead and put a pink sticky note on the page that has all the addresses. For quick and easy finding mm -hmm. I should I should start doing uh, hardware store runs too just in case that's always good all right so oh uh, I had to uh, bed because I plan for an early breakfast all right yep So the next morning comes, and uh, Dr. Mills, you're heading down for an early morning breakfast. How about the rest of you? Oh, I'm going, I'm going to join Dr. Mills for sure. Yeah, breakfast sounds good. Might as well. Right. Um, um, I'll go down, but since we spoke with the waiter kind of separately, I'm going to sit away from them. So if he points us out, he points me out and not the group. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if I can find some decent coffee in this joint. Hmm. 
<laughs> your your quest for the perfect coffee will just yeah. continue forever. You gotta wait a couple of years. Yeah, Canada's Canada's not uh, not doing me any favors currently. Well, the police station was all right. But, you uh, need to find a Latino community in Canada, and then you'll get some decent coffee. <laughs> All right. So as you guys are sitting there, uh, you're, you're only sitting there for maybe 10 minutes. They've brought you your coffee and uh, possibly taken your breakfast orders. When you see two gentlemen, uh, they look like they're the ones that you're, you're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, they, get out of the, uh, they get out of the elevator um they're not necessarily dressed in the same clothes as they were before uh they still have on their their medallions which as you can see them because they are heading towards the restaurant um they're uh they're upside down pentacles i mean they're they're right side up pentacles but they've got like uh, the moon and the sun on either side of them okay um and, and that does that does match the description yeah and they seem to be uh, in a very cheery mood as they're coming. They're walking closely together. And uh, you hear them come up and uh, the uh, Major D uh, asks them, you know, what name? It's going to be about five minutes uh, to sit you. What's your name? And you hear the one say, uh, uh, Scott. The older guy says Scott. Um, so five minutes go by, and you, they you call Scott, and uh, Scott and the smaller guy, the, the younger guy, they're seated at a table about 10 feet from where you are. And they're chit-chatting. They're chit-chatting about um, what they're going to do today. Uh, do they want to go to the museum? Uh, do they want to go back to the university area? Um, should they, uh, should they go back to the Black Dragon restaurant mm -hmm. tonight for dinner? Uh, do they have a, uh, recognizable accent? No, they sound American. Um, and then the, the one named Scott, the, the, the older, taller guy, he says, damn it, I forgot my glasses. And the younger one says, uh, I'll go up and get them for you. And he says, okay. And uh, he starts to extricate himself from his table. And uh, I'm going to get up and follow. Okay. Well, I'll... I'll I'm going to turn around and almost like engage him. It's like, oh, sir, are you, are you from, uh, I guess you're in a hotel. Are you from out of town? Uh, he looks at you and he's like, uh, no, we're, we're visitors. Yeah, well, we, uh, are, are you, who are you? I, 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 I am too. Hmm? Who, which one are you engaging? Oh, the one who's still sitting, Scott. Uh, Scott. Okay. Well, is the, is the museum any good? Sorry. I'm just, uh, on vacation just trying to know where some good places to see 
Oh yeah, the the the, the museum is really nice. Uh, we were there a couple of days ago, just looking around. Um, lots to see. takes takes a couple of days to go through it all. Oh wow, no, definitely definitely have to stop by there. So that's an interesting uh, a necklace. Oh, thank you. What is it? Uh, I mean, I I don't mean to sound insensitive. Does it represent anything? You know, I know by uh, I have a sister who likes getting tattoos with those types of symbols, and she loves to talk about what they mean. I'm just curious. Well, he sort of he puts his hand on it, and he looks up at you, and he says, "It's a it's a symbol where uh, we're kind of uh, we use we use for certain rituals." He says, uh, I'm, a, I'm a witch. Oh, really? I, I belong to the Wiccan religion. Oh, and what, what brings you into town? Just sightseeing. Sightseeing. Okay, so the other guy, um, are you going to follow him into the uh, elevator? Yep. All right. I'm going to purposely, like, Kind of slow roll it so he's the one closest to the keypad. Okay. So he goes up to the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hits the fifth, I was like, oh, that, that's my floor too. Thank you. Um, he allows you to get out first, mm-hmm. politely. And then he turns to the right and jogs down the hallway and you see him go into a room on the right-hand side, uh, aside the side facing the street. Mm-hmm. I and, count the I count the doors that way. Uh, you're pretty sure that it's five oh seven. Okay. And you hear him go inside quickly. I go to the uh, stairwell and kind of go in there. That way, he doesn't see me hanging out in the hallway. Okay. Um, two minutes go by, and uh, you see him step back out, lock the door, and uh, run back to the uh, elevator. Okay. And the rest of you, a few minutes later, you see him come out of the elevator without Doctor Mills, and uh, but he's he's just walking briskly with a smile on his face back into the restaurant and he goes and sits down and hands Scott his, uh, his glasses and they look over the menu and make their choices. Margaret asks Scott how the waffles are. No, don't. Don't. Hmm. Uh, so Heather and Margaret and I'm, you know, leaning into the table. I imagine Ethan's been watching all of this with some <laughs> astonishment from his distant table. Uh, we're going to have to at least find out which car is theirs if they're driving out of here. And you guys have both been clocked, as it were. So that's up to uh, Dr. Liege and myself. Um, what do you say... Uh, if you hurry your breakfast, Jonathan, you can get into one of our cars and be ready to follow them. Whereas I'll uh, wait until they leave and follow them on foot in case they get into the subway. 
Mm -hmm. But all of our other plans, I mean, let's say we're going to meet at all things, uh, all other plans aside, let's say we'll meet at 11 o'clock at the, here at the museum where well, we need to make sure that somebody's here for when uh, Clan Sandy sends his person over to get the right. Items. Oh, yeah. Right. I should have. We'll just say Clan Sandy. Somebody knocked on your door at six a.m. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. That takes care of that. But covered, yeah. Um, maybe uh, doctors uh, Evans and Mills, you want to go to City Hall and look at the look for the registration for the bar license and. Uh, see if you can get a floor plan. I'm yeah, not for there. sure. I'm still on the fifth floor. That's true. No, yeah, no. I'll, I'll take I'll take Heather over. We'll go. We'll go look at the records. Heather's probably on her way back down by now. Did uh, Scott and his friend order bloody steak for breakfast? No. Actually, they, they ate. It looks like they they ate. Mostly vegetarian. You didn't see them order any sausage or, or bacon or anything like that. I'm going to finish my meal and head out to the revolving door and like kind of hang out in the smoking section. I don't smoke, but I'm just going to kind of like, if I see them coming out, look like I just pull them, like squish my foot, like if I just pull one out or something. No, just, just go hit up Heather. <laughs> well, I will smoke. <laughs> We'll see by this time, though, Heather's, Heather's come back. Yeah. Yeah, we have our, our confab at this table, you know, and I assume that nobody's noticed me, so I'll go over and tell Ethan. We have a room number. We have a name. Uh, and I'm going to, I want to follow on foot. Dr. Leisure's going to follow vehicularly. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should pair up with one of us. Yeah, that's fine. I just didn't want to like walk over and sit at the table. It'd be too obvious. Yeah, I mean, I assume the guy who closed the restaurant last night isn't here this morning, but you never can tell what shifts are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, he's a, he acknowledges that they're witches, and they seem nice. Um, I'm gonna, as I make my way over to talk to. Dr. Carlisle, I'm going to see if their shadows look in any way unusual. There's a lot of shadows in the... Yeah, a lot of movement. Movement. Um, you don't think so. You know, we could try to get into their order, you know, if we show them some real magic. <laughs> Hold a well, car battery. Well, that's why I was going to go outside in the nice morning sun when they walked past to see if, you know, their shadows were wriggling or something. Okay. Mm. So, Ethan, uh, Ethan, you're outside. Um, Dr. Heather, do a luck roll. Okay. Oh, missed it by two. That's close enough. We'll say that um, at some point during this whole thing, you look over and you see the young guy at the same, and you both look at each other at the same time. And uh, 
he gives you a sort of nod and a big smile uh, since he saw you in the, you know, just sort of a friendly. Yeah. I give him that and, uh, you know, the friendly little wave and all. We're neighbor neighborinos, and as they they finish, and you see him, uh, you see the older gentleman pay for the meal with uh, like a, a platinum Mastercard, mm-hmm. if that's a thing. Right. I e. Yeah. You can tell that he's got cash. He's got money. Right. Yeah. And uh, the two of them get up very politely. You also notice their interaction with the staff was very polite, very friendly. Something seems very, very, very friendly about them. And uh, they get up. And as they get up and start to walk to the door, you see them both pull out little journals and a pen and make some notes in the journal as they walk out the door and they go for public transportation oh. okay all right well i've been clocked and i'm not gonna be able to follow them very far no uh what color were the journals uh brown leather brown leather okay and uh what kind of locks are in this hotel are they the cards or the actual keys well, they didn't they're, have cars in 91. They're keys. Okay. Yeah. So lock picks would work. Oh, okay. So given that I assume that I saw um, Junior uh, and Heather exchange their happy smiles. Mm-hmm. When I follow them out, I'm going to stop at Dr. Carlisle and say, they saw me at at Heather's table, and they know that Heather, and they saw Heather. So I'm gonna have to pass this on to you. All right, I'll um, do my best. I say that after they've passed, obviously. Right, right. Those guys right there, follow them. Yeah. <laughs> you. All right. So. I think that's a good spot to leave it. <laughs> Two hours is just not enough, but I know <laughs> we. Uh, it's it's a good time for us. All right, uh, our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Ryan Daly, Keith Craig, Jason Melnichok, and David Gassaway, with yours truly as keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with our show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. I would like to mention that uh, Jason Melnichok, one of our players here, has become a $10 uh, patron. And thank you so much, Jason. you do so much for the show already, uh, but every little bit helps. So thank you very much. If you'd also like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. 
This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Mm -hmm.